Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. And God is doing great things. If you're, if you're in this place, I was thinking about this this morning, and you're called to preach, and you know that, you're in the right place. That's what we do here. We send out couples and start churches. Amen? And maybe you're here and you're called and you just haven't heard the call yet. So be listening. Amen? Tell the person next to you, he might be talking to you this morning. Amen. How many had a good Thanksgiving? How many over eight? Oh, no honest people. Three honest people. How many over eight? All right. If you didn't know reach, you didn't do Thanksgiving right. Amen. Well, it's good to have you. This is a good turnout. I wasn't expecting this many people. I knew there was a lot, about half our surf teams out and visiting family, but we're glad you're here this morning. Amen. I want to talk for just a few minutes and get right into the word about this book right here. How many have a book like this this morning called the Bible? Let me see your Bibles if you have them. Amen. There's something powerful about having a Bible in your hand. And I want to brag on this book and I want to talk about how important this book is, how amazing this book is. We'll get to the title in a minute, but I want us to get to a place in our lives where we are in love with this book. We don't just hold it. We don't just read it. We don't just reference it sometimes, but it's, 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 there's a love for this book. And that's the place God wants us to get to. He wants us to, to not just use it as a manual, but to understand that it's literally like our oxygen, and our breath. Without it, we can't live. Amen? And we know that if we don't eat, we'll die. And uh, if we don't breathe, we'll die. We need to get to a place where we realize if we don't have this in our lives, we'll die. Amen? But I want to talk about how amazing this book is. I'm going to give some, some thoughts that I've, I've say, I say them from time to time, but I love to brag on the amazing perfection of this book. How many know there's people that will say that it's made by man, that it's contradictive, that this and that and the other, and, and they'll question it, and if it's God's really, really God's word, and how many have met someone like that or questioned that, or maybe you've even questioned yourself. I want to raise your faith up a little bit this morning, or actually a lot, to understand that when we come to church and we read the Bible and we listen to a message and God is changing us, that this isn't just a coincidence, this isn't just some book, this is literally God's word. This Bible consists of 66 books, not 67, not 65. God chose 66. And you might ask, well, how do we know? People have said, how do we know those? That's the right amount of books. Because when you read it from Genesis to Revelation, it all comes together like a perfect puzzle. And if you think about this today, if I was to tell you, we're going to write a book in 2024. We're going to write a book as a church We've got three or 400 people in our church when we're all here together, and we're going to write a book, and we're just going to have everybody write something about what, whatever they feel, and by the time 2024 is over, put that book together, it'd probably be a, big, be a pretty big mess, amen, if we didn't have the Holy Spirit. But imagine that this book that I'm talking about that is our word this morning was written over a span of not one year, but 1,500 years by 40 different authors on three different continents, different cultures, different times. 
and, and inspired by God and then placed into this book today for us to have this. And it has been like this for the last almost 2,000 years. People have tried to add. People have tried to take away, even though God made a warning about that in the Bible. Did not do it. And, and, and most people kind of revere it as at least you know a pretty good book. But I want you to know this morning, this book is beyond amazing, beyond perfect, and I want to just tell you something about it that's really cool. Not only is it a historical fact, how many have read Chronicles and, and the begats, and you see the stories of families, and you see the names of cities, and all those different things. So we know it's a historical fact, but one of the most cool things about the Bible is the things that God didn't leave out. Someone with today, one of our new converts that's been coming for a couple months, said he's just read Genesis. He was talking to me as he left this morning, and he goes, wow. That's a crazy book. And I said, yeah, it is. And I told him, I, you probably haven't heard me say this, but Jerry Springer doesn't have anything on the Bible. And you know why? That's what makes it so authentic and real. If we would have wrote the book, we would have left a lot of details out. We would have left a lot of that sleeping with the brother and the mother and the incest and the, and the murder and all those things out. But you know why it's there? Because it's facts. And God left it in there to show us that this is what real life is about. And so it's just an amazing compilation of God's perfect word. But beyond that, here's another thing to think about. One third of this book is prophecy. So it's one thing to say, hey, this happened Thursday we ate Thanksgiving. I was at this house. I ate this food. There's a historical fact of that, what happened a few days ago. That's one thing. But to say next Thanksgiving... We're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to go here, we're going to go there, we're going to... That's another thing. And one-third of this book is prophecy, meaning things that have not happened yet that have been predicted. That makes it amazing in itself. And so I, I, I love to make this statement because I love to brag on God's Word. There was a man named Peter Stoner, and he, was a, a, he wrote a book called Science Speaks. How many mathematicians do I have in here this morning? Let me see your hand if you're good at math or like math. Just a few. How many are with me and you can't stand math? You weren't very good at it, right? But I do like numbers and I do like stats. And so this man, Peter Stoner, wrote this book called Science Speaks. And he says, I wanted to see the probabilities of the chances of some of the prophecies of Jesus being fulfilled. So he took eight Eight prophecies. For an example, what would be a prophecy of Jesus where he was born? He's going to be born in Bethlehem. He's going to be born of a virgin. I'm just giving you a couple. Uh, he, he's going to come from Nazareth. Some of these things were, were spoken, or all these things were spoken. Where he was born, when he was going to be born, how he was going to be born, to whom he was going to be born. All these things were spoken. He says he took eight, and he said the probability, listen to this, of, of all eight of those, those prophecies coming to, to pass would be one in 100 quadrillion. No one knows what that number is. Okay, that's a number we don't even understand. That's so many zeros you can't, I don't, I don't care if you think you're smart, that's too many zeros, okay? And even if you know how many zeros it is, we st our brain still can't wrap around it. Our brain can't get past a trillion. So 100 one in 100 quadrillion. And now, here's the really good example. Texas is, how many's ever driven across the state of Texas? takes probably like 17 hours to drive across Texas. It's a big state. If you were to take, let me tell you what 100 quadrillion is. If you were to take silver dollars and you were to pass them all over the United States 
and go two feet deep. Then you'd have uh, approximately 100 quadrillion silver dollars. I don't know how you figured that out, but are you with me? And then you take someone blindfolded and you say, hey, there's there's one silver dollar marked in those 100 quadrillion silver dollars across Texas. I'm going to blindfold you, and you go out over anywhere you want over Texas, and if you find that one marked silver dollar, that's the chances of eight prophecies being fulfilled of Jesus. How many know that's beyond impossible? That's the chances of of the possibilities of eight prophecies being fulfilled by Jesus. Here's the drop the mic. Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies. Amen? And that's the book that you're holding in your hand today. That if you look at those numbers that are astronomical and impossible, they've all come to pass. So as we get into this message, I want you to begin to not only believe the word, but love the word and know that this word is perfect. It is the answer to every question that you have. It is the fix to every problem you have. It can fix your marriage. It can fix your finances. It can fix your health. It can fix your relationships. It can forgive your past. It can do whatever you need it to do. It is alive and living and powerful. Father, today, this morning, help us for a few minutes to fall in love with this B-I-B-L-E, Lord, the one for me. Lord, let us know that it's perfect It's real. It's been tried to be destroyed, but it can't because it's your word and you are impossible to destroy. Lord, speak to us. Give us revelation. Let your word come alive in our lives today and bring forth fruit. And devil, you are defeated by the blood of Jesus this morning. You cannot lie and you cannot deceive. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shouted, amen. I can tell you guys are still in a food coma, but that's all right. All right. Let's look at a few things here that are pretty powerful. I want to show you a, a, a graphic here on the screen. And if you, that might look like the northern lights up in north, north, near the North Pole. But what that is, is Genesis would be all the way on the left. Revelation would be all the way on the right. And those lines are taking verses that go over in parallel to another verse in the Bible. People think many times erroneously that the Bible makes mistakes because if you're just reading through a chapter, they don't understand. I think this is where a lot of people fail with the Bible, that God wrote this book and made this book on purpose to be a puzzle. If you just read one book, you're going to be lost. When you're reading, just for an example, you're over here somewhere in 1 John or James, you're reading a verse that is correlating with a verse all the way over in the book of Micah. And that, book, that verse in the book of Micah is correlating with the book in the book of Matthew. And that verse is correlating with the book in Genesis. And that is, cor- how many are following me? And God is doing this on purpose as he's writing this design. And that is, that is literally, it's impossible to see all the lines, literally a true graphic of how the Bible works. And so we're holding in our hands something, let me just say it this way, something we don't treasure enough. How many of you would be honest with me and say we don't treasure this enough? Because if we did, we'd pick it up more. If we really understood its power, we would hold it dear to our heart and we would read it more. It would be the most important thing in our life, and that's my goal for you today, is that the Bible becomes the most important thing in your life. Because when you read the Bible, you read Jesus. 
Someone might say, I'd like to get closer to Jesus. We'll read the Bible. Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is Jesus. If you want to get close to somebody, you spend time with them. If you want to spend time with someone, you get to know them. If you want to get to know Jesus, you got to read the Bible. Some people say, I don't feel Jesus. I don't know where he's at. He's, on your, he's in your Bible, and you need to pick him up. Amen? Are you following me? So let me give you some things to think about. Let me give you one verse. I thought Job, how many know who Job is? Some people that are new to the Word of God would say, open the book of Job. Amen? It's not Job, it's Job. And Job is the oldest book in the Bible. Job was actually written almost 400 years before Genesis. Most people don't know that. So way back in the story of Job, if you haven't read the story of Job, you should read the story of Job, you'll see in the story that in the beginning, Satan is already involved. Satan has already fallen. And he's going to and fro on the earth. And God says, what are you doing here? He says, I'm going and here and there. I'm looking. And God says to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And that's where the whole story starts. Job gets tested. God tells him, hey, Job loves you because he's got everything he needs. Mess with him a little bit and he'll curse you. I'm not going to get into the whole story of Job. Read it later, but that's how it starts. Right about the middle, Job says something I love. 23, verse 12. He says, which again was written about 400 years before the book of Genesis. I have not, and this is where we need to be, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. When you read the Bible, you're reading the commandment of God's lips. The Bible literally says it is his breathed word. He, he, he spoke, and for example, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He said, let there be light, and boom, there was light. So his word creates things. The Bible was created by his word, and the world was created by his word. And he says, I have not departed from his commandments. And here's the key. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. What would happen? I'm, I'm just going to talk to whoever's listening today and isn't already thinking about food. I, I, let me just throw this in there. Dylan wanted to go to breakfast. My son wanted to go to breakfast with me on Friday. And we went to uh, Old West. And we were in there with about 1,000 other people. And I said, we're just a bunch of pigs in this country. Not us two, but everybody else. I ate a healthy omelet. I did. I usually would have got pancakes or something. I'm like, here we are the day after Thanksgiving at 7 o'clock in the morning eating breakfast. And it was full of people eating breakfast. But how many know that if we would treat God's word like we treat food, we would have a different perspective on life. We need to understand that it's breath, it's oxygen. And so Job had this, this is what took Job through his test. And he finished. How many want to finish this morning? He finished strong. Job started off strong. He had a lot of battles, and he finished off strong. The Bible says he got back double everything he lost. But the reason was, is in the middle, he had a revelation that I need to treasure God's Word more than I treasure necessary food. Amen. So I want to give you a few things to think about this morning. Here's the title, Fixed on the Word of God. Why fixed? Because we need to, one word would be focused, but you can lose focus. You can be focused on something and you can lose focus. When you're fixed, the definition is fastly secured in position. 
How many would like to be fastly secured in position in God's word this morning? That everything you do, everything that happens in your life is based off that fixation of God's word. That we would literally make our decisions, the, the places we go, the things we do, the things we say would be based on God's word. What would happen in our lives? I can tell you, you'd be blessed, you'd be an overcomer, and you'd have great favor in your life. We're, we're reading a Bible that is infallible. That means it is not capable of error. You hear somebody say, this is a contradiction, remember the graph. This book is not possible of having errors. And it has proven itself and stood the test of time. There's no other book like it, nor will there ever be a book like it again. Fall in love with God's Word. How many would like to do the will of God this morning? Let me see your hand if you would like to do and be in God's will. You cannot do the will of God if you don't know the Word of God. When you begin to read the Word of God, you begin to do the Word of God. Now I want to quote somebody that I really admire I've obviously never met him, and I'm looking forward to meeting him in heaven. You've heard me quote him a lot. His name is Smith Wigglesworth. Kind of a weird name. But he, he was a plumber, and one of the reasons I love him is because he was simple. How many like simple people? He was a simple plumber, so he didn't, he didn't talk over my head. I've got a lot of his devotions. If you want to get a good devotion, get any devotion by Smith Wigglesworth. They're very simple and very common, very easy to understand, very uh, daily thoughts. And, and this is a man that I love to listen to because in the late 1800s, early 1900s, he just got a hold of this book and believed it. God's looking for somebody. Maybe it's a teenager, a young person, an older person, a married couple. He's looking for someone in here to believe God at his word. Smith Wigglesworth did that. And if you don't know his story, in his lifetime, he raised, in the name of Jesus, seven people from the dead. Just a few days ago, might have been yesterday, I was driving down the freeway here, and there's a church, I think it's a little Methodist church a couple miles up the road, and they were having a funeral. And they had the cemetery right outside the church. That's how they used to do it. So the person was having the service, and they just took the body right out to the cemetery and had the burial right there. I told Carla, maybe we should put a cemetery on our new land. <laughs> Anybody want to be buried on the church property? Amen? Hey, why not, Right? But the reason I said that was, can you imagine being at that funeral as Smith Wigglesworth was one time, and he literally went and grabbed the person out of the casket and flung them up against the wall. Can you imagine what that would look like? And as that body was slithering down the wall, lifeless, by the time it hit the ground, it came to life. Seven people he resurrected from the dead, and one of them was his wife. And his, he actually resurrected his wife twice. One time he resurrected, she came back to life, and then she died again later. And the second time he resurrected, she said, Smith, let me go. How many would like to walk in one one thousandth of a, of a power of, of a percentage of that kind of faith? You know what the difference is? He tapped into the word of God. So here's how many now have got your attention. Here's what he said about the word. He said there's four things you need to do. You need to read it. That's a good start, right? Read his word. 
We, we, want, we want this revelation. Some people say, oh, I want God to use me. I want to serve. Are you reading his word? No. Well, that's where it starts. Read the book. Number two, consume it. How many know that we're consumed by things? You, you, you show me your phone, and I'll show you what you're consumed by. Show me your Instagram or your Facebook or whatever other Insta thing you have, and let me go to your settings and look at your activity, and I'll tell you what you're consumed by. Amen? I'm not saying that in a mean way, but we're consumed by things. How many know we need to be consumed by the Word of God? And when we get consumed by the Word of God, the Word of God will consume us. And it will become the most important thing in our lives. This is what Smith Wigglesworth said. And then he said, third, then believe it. I just believe God's word. I believe he can still heal. I believe he can set people free. I believe he can transform lives. I believe there's nobody he can't change. Nobody he can't touch. Nobody he can't save. No situation he can't come into and do a change in that if we just give him a chance. So we have to believe. And the last one is we have to act on it. That's what Ray was saying at, what, that he did at the offering. I prayed for someone the other day in the restaurant as well. Just do it. Just act on it. Just be bold enough to trust God at his word. Amen? The word of God is always most precious to the person who lives their life based upon it. If this book today is just something that you grab on Sunday morning, it's never going to mean anything to you. But if this is the first thing you've got to grab every day, It'll transform your life. If you begin to say, Lord, I'm going to go through my day today, and I'm going to read. Now listen, here's the amazing thing about the Bible. You can pick any verse, any chapter, any Old Testament or New, and read it today, or tomorrow, let's say for tomorrow morning, and that day when you go through your day, that word will apply to your life. I promise. I don't care where you're reading. That's how amazing the Word of God is, because it's alive. It's real. Now I'm going to give you three things this morning if you're taking notes Three things about God's word. I could choose 50, but I'm going to do three. Number one is his word guides and directs us. Number two, it's eternal truth. Number three, it helps us fight sin. So I'm going to go over these three individually. Number one, his word guides and protects. How many know how to use a compass? Let me see your hand if you know how to use a compass. The Bible is a compass for us. It is our spiritual guidance when we're not going the right direction. Right now, if you're thinking, I'm not going the right direction, you're not enough in the Word. If you get in the Word, the Word of God will become a compass to you. Psalms 119, 105 says this, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How many know we live in a dark world? Have you ever gone out in a dark place and you need a flashlight? You put that flashlight out in front of you so you can see what's in front of you. If there's a snake, if there's a squirrel, if there's a raccoon, if there's a skunk, if there's a spider, if there's something to trip over, that light gives you, uh, that flashlight gives you light. God's word is that way. It will guide our steps. It doesn't mean we won't be in a dark world. It means it will light up our path. Matthew 4.4 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, it's an amazing thing to me. The same people that will say that God's word is not true and it's man-made are the same people that will listen to a newscast and go tell everybody what happened and believe every word of the newscast. Right? Isn't that amazing how that works? They don't know that person from Adam. They weren't there. 
They don't know anything to happen, and they'll say, hey, the news said this or that, and this happened, and they'll quote it, and they'll go talk about it, and they weren't even there. Yet we have a Bible that's been written for thousands of years, never been able to been destroyed, and we question if it's authentic. We're kind of hypocritical in those things sometimes. How many watched any kind of sports this weekend? Even if you're not a football fan, someone probably had the game on. When you watch those games, I don't know about you, because I do like sports and I played sports, but I watch those fans. Faces painted, wondering how much they paid for those tickets. I mean, you see some wild stuff on there. And I always wonder what that person would look like in church. Do you ever think about that? That same person that would lose their voice at a game. You see them. That noise that you hear during a football game, that's coming from people yelling. But you get those same people in church, and they won't open their mouth to praise God. Amen. The same person that would paint themselves blue and purple and put uh, you know, all kinds of lights on their head and not even wear a shirt won't even lift their hand in church to worship God. You see what I'm saying? We're hypocritical a lot of times, aren't we? If we would take the, the same tenacity in this world that we have for the things of this world and put it on the things of God, what could God do in our lives? If we really looked at God's word, white bread. Jesus said in Luke eleven twenty eight, 28, blessed are those. How many want to be blessed? Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So it's not enough just to hear it. We got to do it. We got to obey it. And finally, John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Jesus is saying on the earth as a human being, your word is truth. Let me help somebody this morning that's learning about the Bible. When you see Jesus, who is God, speaking in the Bible, you're, you're seeing that he was fully man, fully God. So when he would talk to the Father, he, 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 he was showing his humanity on earth. When he would say, your word is truth, he, even though it's him that is the truth, he was showing his humanity on earth. If we don't have a human Jesus, we don't have salvation. If we don't have a fully God Jesus on the earth, we don't have salvation. He was fully man and fully God. It's a very important thing to understand. So he's saying to God and to the people, Lord, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. How many know Jesus is truth? Number two, God's word is eternal truth. What this means is it doesn't change with the fads of the world. For the last five or 6,000 years, there's been lots of fads. I always tell the young people, you think you're setting a trend, it's already been done. There's nothing new under the sun. We're wearing clothes today, styles today. This probably just came back. This was popular in the 70s. It'll come back around, right? Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. So God's word's not going to change. His word doesn't change when society says, for example, something we've been going through real hard for the last few years, when people are confused about their sexual orientation, and no matter how much the news or social media or anybody else talks about it, God's word doesn't change. His word is eternal truth. It was eternal and truth at the beginning. It's eternal and truth today. And it'll be eternally true in a thousand years. It doesn't change. Can I get an amen? 
Psalms 119.160 says the entirety. If I was you and I had my Bible, I would underline that. I like to underline, circle, capitalize important words. In, in other words, every dotted I, every crossed T of your word is truth. Not half truth, not part truth, not a little bit of truth, all the truth. And it says, every one of your righteous judgments endures for a little while. What does it say? Forever. doesn't endure for a little while. It endures forever. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield. How many would like God to be your shield? He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him. How do we put our trust in God? Putting trust in His Word. And when we put our trust in His Word, He is a shield to us. Now, here's an interesting thing. In Isaiah, he gives a physical evidence. He says, he says the grass will wither, the flowers will fade away, but the Word of God stands forever. This he's not going to change. How many are thankful for something that's not going to change? How many have ever learned something, and then when you finally learned it, it changed? Try marriage. I can't speak for a woman, but my, 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 my wife's always changing what's her favorite thing. I, you think you learn what the favorite thing is? and No, that's not my favorite thing. That was last week. Right? My dad says women's minds are always clean because they're always changing them. He's been married 55 years. He knows something. Hey, if you're a woman, you get the mic, you can talk about us. Okay, I'm just telling you, this is just, this, this is just me. I got the mic. Amen. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away. You know, the Bible tells us that this earth we're on right now is going to pass away. But global warming people tell you it's going to pass away tomorrow. That's not true either. If we know our Bibles, this earth we're standing on right now, the one we're having pulled down to gravity on, is going to be here for at least 1,007 years more. 1,000 years of the millennial reign, seven years of tribulation, and then the Bible says it will be destroyed by fire. God has destroyed the earth the first time by water. The Bible says by fervent heat, he will destroy the second one, and then there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. But even when the, this earth is gone, his words will still remain because God is up there outside of time. I'm here thankful that he, is not, he doesn't have to change according to us. Right? How many know we could be a real pain to God? One day we love him with all our heart, and the next day we're cursing him and can't stand him. Oh, that's true, ain't it? One day he's everything to us, and the next week we don't want to have anything to do with him. God gets the blame for everything, but it's not his fault. Amen? So finally, number three, God's word, this is a big one, helps us fight against sin. How many want to overcome sin? Do you believe you can? You can. You can overcome sin. Sin does not have to dominate us. Sin once did dominate us. I know what it is to be dominated by sin, but you can get to a place in your life where you dominate sin. Amen. You overcome everything in that place in your life, and God pieces stuff together and gives us what's called conviction. Amen. Peter was preaching in the book of Acts, and it said, as he preached, their hearts were pierced. 
Today, as you're listening to the Word of God, your heart is pierced. You know, it's an amazing thing that doesn't matter what the message is. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. God uses any message for any person. That's what's amazing. I try to hear from God. I pray, Lord, what do you want me to speak? And I, and I believe that when I get up here to preach, I preach what he told me to preach. But the truth is, it doesn't matter what I preach because God's word will do what it's supposed to do no matter what I preach. It's pretty amazing. I could, be into, I could be in here today preaching about his word and somebody could get healed. I could be preaching about uh, finances and how to tithe and someone could get saved. I remember way back in the first building over on London during our first year, uh, we had Jerwan who's in our church. She, I think she's serving right now. She was in the first service and her and about seven other people from the UNT track team were in our church. So they consisted of about a third of our church. And, I, and, you know, people in, in school ain't got no money. And so God told me to preach on finances, to teach the people how to tithe. And so I, I saw the whole track team show up, and I thought, God, these people, they, ain't got, they, don't, they, can't, they don't even have anything to tithe. What do you want me to preach on money for? God said, preach on money. So I preached on tithe, and half the track team got saved. You, you, they might not have even heard anything about money. God's word is amazing. I've had people come up to me after a service and say, man, you said this, and I said, I did? Like, I didn't really say that to them. I'm like, hey, praise God. But they'll say, you said this, or you, man, you showed me this, or God's word said this. I'm thinking, I didn't even preach on that. That's how God's word works. God, God's word pierces us. It convicts us right where we're at in the right time for what we need. Then we just have to respond to it. Psalms 119.11. This might be the most important one. If you got your Bible and you're, and you're looking at it, read the screen, grab your Bible, put it to your chest, hold it tight, and do this. Your word I have hidden in my heart. God wants this word to get right here so that I won't sin against it. Some of you teenagers know this. I, and I learned this when I was a youth pastor way back in the day. If you're dating and, you, and, you're, and you're with a, 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 you know, a man or a woman of the opposite sex, you have that Bible in between you. And you, you tell each other, you got to get over Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to get to me. Amen? Keep that Bible in between you and you won't have problems. That was a good place to say amen. Y'all missed it. Some of y'all already married. I understand. Right? But when you have this Bible here and you learn it, you don't want to sin against it. You don't want to hurt God. So you learn his word. And when you read, listen to this, when you read God's word, God words, God's word reads you. That's the most amazing thing. And he'll show you something every single day. All scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16. Somebody say all scripture is given by God, sorry, by inspiration of God. So yes, it was man's hand writing, but it was God's hand on their hand. Writing, and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. As the musicians begin to come, I got a couple more verses. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns. We should be going around saying, hey, what are you reading right now? What's the Lord speaking to you? What, what has God been showing you? That's what we do in the small groups. 
That's what we do in discipleships. That's what we do when we get together and, and, and fellowship is we're, we're sharing with each other what we're learning. And there were iron sharpens iron, the Bible says in Proverbs 27. So it says, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Amen? And here's the last one I think is so powerful. Hebrews chapter 4. I said this already. I kind of got ahead of myself. For the word of God is dead. It's not what it says. It's living. It's living. That's why it can be doing right now 50 different things, speaking to 50 different people a different thing because it's living. And it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It says it pierces to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and here's the key, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. That might be why some people don't read the Bible. Because it's going to read you. I want God to read me. I can't speak for you. I'm trying to lead you. I want to spend my eternity in heaven. I want to be with God. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be separated from God. So I'm going to do everything I can to make heaven my home. And if I'm doing something wrong, I want this book to read me. If I could have a greater blessing in my life and be a greater grandpa, grandpa and greater husband and greater father and greater leader, I want this book to read me. It will if I let it, but i got to pick it up. Amen? It can't read you if you're not reading it. Amen? So let me hit these four principles one more time, and I might have to play the keyboard this morning because my daughter is, is probably dealing with kids. There are four principles. Let me give them to you again. Smith Wigglesworth. We need to read it first. Okay? Let me give you some homework real quick. I forgot to say this in the beginning of the service. Write it down, Psalms 119. This is good homework. Psalms 119. It is the longest book in the Bible, 172 verses. And the whole chapter is David talking about how much he loves the Word of God. And think about it. In his time, he was basically reading Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And he loved it. He said the precepts and the commandments... You need to get to a place in your life where you listen closely that you love it when God convicts you. That he loves you enough to convict you. That he loves you enough to correct you. That as you're reading, God says, you got a bad attitude about that. You need to change your attitude. And Thank you, Lord. You're not having enough faith. Okay, thank you, Lord. You need to pray more. Okay, thank you, Lord. You need to love your enemies more. Okay, thank you, Lord. You need to love your neighbor more like yourself. Okay, thank you. It just reads you, right? Is anybody in here perfect? Anybody got to perfection yet? No, we need this book to read us, amen? And as we read and it reads us, it, dis, it gives us discernment. So Psalms 119, read that as homework. And then as we read it, we begin to consume it. It begins to consume us. Let us get to a place when we look at our activity on our phone that we've read the Bible more than we've read Instagram. And then watch what God will do. Number three, we begin to let the Word of God become alive and we begin to actually believe it. You just say, I just believe God in His Word. You know why we pray for the sick? Because we believe God can heal. 
Because the Bible says it. You know why we pray for baptism of the Holy Spirit? Because we believe the Bible says we're supposed to. You know why we pray for finances? Because the Bible tells us. You know why we lift our hands? Because the Bible tells us. You know why we sing? Because the Bible tells us. You know why we witness? Because the Bible tells us. You know why we plant churches? Because the Bible tells us. We're just trying to do what the Bible tells us to do. Amen? And when we do what the Bible tells us to do, we're in the will of God. And God can do amazing things. Amen? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. We're going to be the church of Christ this morning. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for speaking to us. God, I can't speak for anybody else in this place, but I love your word. Your word has changed my life. Jesus is the one who saved me, and Jesus, you died on that cross for me, but if it wasn't for your word being preached, I would have never known that I needed a Savior. Father, all across this place, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, Lord, allow people in this place to be convicted by your Holy Spirit and by your word. Let your word begin to read us. Let your word begin to transform us. God, give us a love and an admiration for the word of God this morning, Father. Get us to a place where we understand, God, that we cannot live without this Bible, that it is our breath, that it is our hope, that it is our, our, our food, God. And Lord, if we'll trust you and believe in you, we'll do things that are great and mighty and unexplainable like Smith Wigglesworth did. Lord, I believe this morning that you are who you say you are. You can do what you say you can do. You've done what you said you did. And today, no matter what person is in this place, no matter what their beliefs are, you can minister to their hearts and you can change their lives. All over this place, for those watching online, listening on the podcast, sitting in this congregation, this might be the last time you ever hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that tomorrow is not promised. I have to live every day of my life as if it's my last I have to live it to the fullest. I have to make sure my house is in order because eternity is knocking on the door. Today, all over this place, how many honest hearts could say, I don't know Jesus. If I died today and breathed my last breath, I don't know where I'd go, where I'd spend eternity because, church, we don't get a choice of when or how Eternity is going to be. We only get to choose where we spend it. Eternity is not a choice. But God says, if you'll believe in me, if you'll put your trust in what I did on the cross, as he said to that thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. How many all over this place, honest hearts. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you to do anything else but be honest with God do you know Jesus? Has he forgiven your sins? The Bible says that right now, at this very moment, he's at the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says he's interceding for us. He's praying, God, let them know your word. Father, let them believe our word. He's praying right now, let them believe in me. That he that were dead, they would live that I can forgive their sins, that while they were still sinners, I died for the ungodly. There's nothing you could do that's unforgivable. 
You've, you've done nothing that's too far gone. All you got to do is repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I want to get right. And today, God will make you right in an instant. How many could say, I don't know Jesus. Pray for me today. Just lift up your hand all over this place. I'm going to wait just a moment. I want to make sure everyone leaves knowing who Jesus is. Have you confessed him? Have you believed in him? Have you believed on him? Let's stand all over this place this morning. We're going to say a prayer here today for someone that might be watching online, listening on the podcast. Maybe for you that was ashamed or afraid to raise your hand. I believe in a public confession of your faith, but I can't make you do anything. But if you'll just say this with me this morning from the bottom of your heart and you'll believe it, the Bible says you'll be saved. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Your word says that I fall short of your glory. That the wages of my sin is death. But your word also says, but the gift of God is eternal life. I believe you were born of a virgin. You lived a sinless life on this earth in a human body. And then you went to the cross as a lamb led to the slaughter. You gave your life for me. And you died. A horrible crucifixion for my sins. You shed your blood. And because of that precious blood... I am forgiven. And then you went into the grave and your word says you came out of the grave and defeated death, hell, and the grave. And today I accept that as my salvation. Change my life. Make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, we love you this morning. Let's just give God praise this morning for how good he is, how faithful he is, how wonderful he is. As we open up these altars this morning. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.